Hey, Cornerstone family, welcome. It's February the 23rd, and I just appreciate you joining us each day for this journey together as we read through either the Gospels, the New Testament, or the entire Bible by Easter. And we're going to take a little bit of a turn today. We've been reading along with the Gospels plan, but today we're going to jump over. For those of you that are reading the New Testament or the entire Bible, you read Galatians today. And I'm going to read to you from one of my favorite passages of Scripture in Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 13. Paul says this, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong, who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. In the middle of Oxford University, there stands a, a beautiful building, and surrounding that building is a beautiful, well-manicured lawn. The building is a library, and it's kind of circular in shape, and it has a great dome on top. It's kind of a centerpiece of Oxford. It's beautiful inside and out. People stop to photograph it, paint it, admire it. Um, it's called the Radcliffe Camera. Um, the grass, the lawn surrounding the Radcliffe camera was so beautiful that for many, many years it was protected by a quite tall iron fence. So tall, in fact, that it was difficult to see the building itself. But during the Second World War, the government ordered that all iron fences be torn down and that it be melted down to make armaments. And so suddenly this building, this beautiful lawn was open to the public. People were free to judge for themselves whether or not they could be on the lawn or not. And there were signs for a while that said, you know, ask people not to walk on the grass. But And mostly people obeyed. But then along came the 70s and 80s, and the grass kind of became a spot for tourists to have picnics. And people would have parties out there. And late into the night, some people would be drunk, and others would, uh, would beg or, or threaten people who walked by. And so the library found that it was getting noisy, and uh, they 
couldn't do their work. And so the grass had been trampled on and worn out. What used to be a beautiful, well-manicured lawn was now sort of a dirt patch. And so they made the decision in the late 80s to put a fence back up. And now the lawn is beautiful and green again. That story, to me, is a, is a really good illustration of what Paul is talking about in Galatians chapter 5. Because Paul says, you have freedom. The fence has been torn down. And so now you get to decide what to do with that freedom. And your freedom can be used for some incredible things, or your freedom can be destructive in your life. Just like freedom was used to trample on that lawn and destroy that lawn, the freedom that you have in Jesus and in Christ can be used to trample your life, to destroy your life. And he he lists in verses 19 and 20 and 21 all of the things that misusing or abusing your freedom can lead to lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, quarreling, some, some pretty major things, and then some minor things like selfish ambition, dissension, division, things that we would see as less minor than impurity and sexual immorality, but still they are destructive to our lives. And Paul is saying you have a choice. You can decide to use your freedom for destructive means to allow the flesh or the desires of your sinful nature to take over in your life, or you can use your freedom to allow the Holy Spirit to produce fruit in your life. And I love this image of fruit because Paul's contrast is not just between the flesh and the spirit. It's between our sinful desires and the fruit of the spirit. What's the difference there? The difference is between a Christmas tree that you put up uh, during Christmas time and it looks green and it looks healthy and all of that. But the reality is it breaks apart and goes in a plastic bag and goes in your attic because it's not a real tree. It's plastic. It doesn't do what real trees are meant to do. The contrast there is between that Christmas tree and a fruit tree that may not look beautiful. It may have some, some scars on its bark, but it does what it's intended to do. It produces fruit. So the contrast is not, do you choose the flesh or the spirit? The contrast is, is your life manifesting the desires of the flesh or the fruit of the spirit? Is your life bearing the fruit that the spirit would lead us to bear? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And Paul adds this, he says, there's no law against these things. In other words, the, the law of Moses doesn't even apply here because the fruit of the Spirit does not lead us to produce things that are in opposition to the law. And so now that the fence of the law has been torn down, Paul is encouraging the church in Galatia, hey, use your freedom to produce fruit in the Spirit. Use your freedom to produce things against which there is no law. And so I want to challenge you and encourage you with this today. What are you going to do with your freedom? What are you going to do with the freedom that comes in Christ? Because we are free from sin. He has freed us from sin. So what do we use that freedom for? Do we trample on our lives? Do we allow our sinful lusts and our sinful desires to take over? Do we trample the lawn and cause it to end up bare so that ultimately we have to start putting fences back up? Or do we allow the Spirit to dictate what happens in our lives and allow the Spirit to produce fruit? I love what he says in verse 24. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. For some of you, it's time 
to crucify your sinful desires. What are those sinful desires? For some of you, it might be an addiction to pornography. For some of you, it might be an addiction to alcohol or tobacco. For some of you, it might just be a desire to to cause dissension and division with other people. You might be an angry Christian. You might be an angry person, and 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 that fleshly desire needs to be crucified on the cross of Jesus. And make a choice today to live by the Spirit, to allow the fruit of the Spirit to begin to be produced in your life. Because, see, I think there are Christians in this world today that are Christmas trees. We look great on Sunday, and we look all green, and we look all healthy, and then during the week, we put away that Christmas tree, and we stick it in the attic, and it doesn't do what a tree is actually supposed to do. And I want, I want to be a part of a community of believers that does what we're supposed to do, fruit-bearing trees that bear fruit, not just for decoration, but fruit-bearing trees that actually bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what I want my life to look like, and I hope you do too. So can I pray for you toward that end today, that God would begin to produce the fruit of the Spirit in you as you open the door to him and allow your freedom to be used for that end, not to trample the, the good things that God has put in your life. Jesus, we thank you today. We thank you that you came, that you nailed our sins to the cross. But today we're having to make that decision again. We need to nail our passions and our sinful nature and our sinful desires to your cross as well. We need to crucify them there. We need to give them up once and for all. And so, Jesus, I pray that you would help us to do that. And as we do that, we would take our newfound freedom from sin and we would use it to open the door to the Holy Spirit to begin to produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. I thank you for that. I pray that over my church family. I pray that over my family, over my boys and their wives. I pray that over Shauna and I today. I pray, God, that you would allow us to begin to open the door to the Spirit to produce his fruit in us, that we would be trees that do what we are meant to do, producing fruit. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Amen and amen. God bless you. I love you. I hope you have a great day.